0: Welcome to Ideal Conditions, a Polygon podcast. From controlling temperature and humidity in buildings and food plants, to restoring critical documents like x-rays and rare books, we're here to explore the challenges and solutions for interior climate management and remediation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ideal Conditions, a podcast brought to you by Polygon U.S. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us here for this episode of the show. Today, we're talking about indoor air quality in data centers. This is obviously an incredibly important topic with a lot of exciting developments occurring within this particular segment of the industry. And so for today's episode, we're thrilled to welcome David Simpkins. He's the director of engineering and technology for Polygon onto the show. David, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks, Tyler. It's nice to be on the show.
0: Excellent. Well, we're thrilled to have you on, David. And we're also excited to be joined today by Tina York, the Director of Client Development at Polygon. Tina, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm excited to have both of you on here today. So, Tina, kick us off uh, today. Just give us an idea of Polygon's experience uh, with indoor air quality for data centers. Um, Tell us a little bit more about about the company's expertise in this area.
2: So, uh, we have actually recently, over the last year, uh, involved considerably with implementation and uh, setup and monitoring of large hyperscale data centers. And we ended into a particular project at uh, the beginning. Actually, they had already started the project. So we entered, I'd say about three months into the build when they identified that they had a problem and they were vetting other companies uh, similar to Polygon to find a solution for their project. And Polygon, the level of expertise that we have um, in actually engineering a solution versus setting up sensors that simply will just read temperature and humidity. Um, the fact that we were able to have a con- consultation with our client and identify all the potential risks and pain points that they have experienced at inception and what they were currently experienced at the time. Um, Polygon was able to come in and actually put together a full turnkey solution to mitigate uh, any type of risk. Set so the projects can be very proactive rather than reactive. And that in turn with the development and as fast as the industry in this market is moving, the segment polygon has the ability to continuously evolve and keep up with all the new developments and the demands from not only the building owners, but the general contractors. So we have done a considerable amount of transitioning and improvement and a uh, stellar technology that we're now currently using and David is our SME on the technology and I'm going to let David jump in and kind of give his input on what we have actually done and how it has evolved.
1: Sure well it's uh, you covered a lot of ground there Tina but I'll just add that uh, we're we're using some new sensor technology that's using uh, a a radio frequency or some new frequencies that we've been given access to by the FCC in the LoRa category, which is a long, long range, low power, and uh, that allows us to really cover these buildings with a number of sensors uh, efficiently and not needing to have a lot of, a lot of radios to pick up the signal.
0: That, that's really interesting, David. So help us understand maybe some of the the specific and unique challenges that are posed by projects involving data centers. what What sorts of challenges exist in data centers that maybe don't exist with other other projects or facilities?
1: That's a, that is a great question. these These uh, centers can be over a quarter mile in length. And while there isn't a whole lot of internal walls in them, there's an awful lot of equipment in them and all of that equipment and um, all the metal and the hardware associated with them make it very difficult to um, get line of sight wireless signals to transmit so uh, traditional uh, remote monitoring systems or the evolution of this in this uh, monitoring that we provide started as a wired system and people didn't want wires running around their buildings so uh, the evolution was to wireless, and there's different radio frequencies used out there. There's, there's the old 9600 megahertz that you probably remember from the, the uh, phone that you had on the wall at home with a antenna sticking out of it, and you can't couldn't get those signals to go real far. And now we're using this lower frequency, which is 915 megahertz, and it really penetrates through uh, this hardware or finds its way around it uh, so that we can uh, get these sensors that are wireless and battery operated to communicate back to uh what is um called a base station or a gateway and then transmit up to the cloud it's it's really a big evolution in our ability to get that telemetry out and throughout this building that's so long
0: yeah that's that's a i think i think a really important point is um, those frequencies and, and that monitoring and that sort of thing. And 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 Tina, I'm also curious, just from your perspective, in working with clients, how important is is the green building movement? Um, you know, and how is that impacting what clients and consumers are are looking for from their solutions?
2: It is extremely important and. If we follow any of the news, we can see the direction the United States is going and carbon reduction is instrumental in that. A lot of these general contractors are driven by the building owners. Uh, Some are more diligent and, um, you know, wanting to practice the green build uh, as long as a healthy building movement. So, you know, net zero carbon reduction and they're doing a lot of other measures in the building. So on the sales side, when we're consulting with clients, we do identify that some clients have definitely started to integrate this and uh, are adamant about you know, the lead certification levels, the carbon reduction footprint. Um, and David has actually witnessed that firsthand with a client of ours recently so they're gradually becoming you know more concerned with that there are all different levels of general contractors and sizes of sizes of corporations obviously and it is driven by the building owners so we see the movement and it's not slowing down so having technology that we can actually bring into a project that supports their you know goals and, you know, carbon reduction footprints and having the data available to show, you know, building owners that they're being diligent and implementing the right processes is is instrumental. But yes, it's uh, definitely the direction that the United States is going. And Polygon is doing everything we can, making every effort we can to support their initiatives and move in the same direction so we can work and collaborate with them, you know, to support their projects.
0: Right. So, David, how what does that technology look like? And how is technology evolving to help meet some of those goals for, for sustainability that that companies have these days, like what Tina was mentioning?
1: Yeah, as as Tina was saying, it's it's being driven a lot by the the end client, so not necessarily the the building contractor. And that's one of the things that is, I think, really helping move this technology forward is that we have building owners that are willing to make the investment in um, a carbon reduction, a green solution. And that's allowed allowed us to serve them better. And the technology that we're able to bring forward, um, for example, leak detectors, we've got wireless leak detectors that we can put in these buildings and get uh, basically first alert that they might have a storm drain that backed up, or they've got a downspout that's, you know, come loose or something during construction, or God forbid, someone, you know, ruptured a, a pipe or something, so that these uh, areas and the things we're measuring can get uh, remediated, or or shut down quite quickly, which means less business interruption, uh, a, a quicker construction schedule, and then on the indoor air quality side. There's been a demand uh, from these same building owners. They want to know what is in their air. They're looking at PM2.5, which is a a particle that is 2.5 microns. And the fear there is that this is a respirable particle. So, you know, the folks on site can ingest this. And, you know, what are the risks with that? So they're trying to mitigate that. In addition, they're looking at formaldehyde, they're looking at ozone. Uh, we've got some clients that are looking at CO2 or ammonia. So all all of these sensors have been available in the market, but again, getting a, a, a client that recognizes the value and uh, the solutions that can be brought forward to mitigate, mitigate has been um, a breath of fresh air
0: right and, and and I suppose it's it's that real-time monitoring aspect that, that clients are really after right and, and so having that that data accessible at all times is something that is increasingly important to people right
1: When I started in this industry, we literally had a chart recorder and you probably remember it when you went to school and it had a, a tape on it and it was logging the temperature and humidity and you only knew that the building was out of spec because you walked over and you looked at either that device or the thermostat or, or, you know, whatever was taking the measurements. Today, that telemetry that we have takes the information from those sensors on the ground, detecting the leak or the indoor air quality sensor, taking those those, uh, important readings, bringing them through the cloud in real time to that client. So, yes, we can generate the reports for them on a daily, weekly basis that show them trends, but more importantly, we're sending those alarms out. Uh, via email or via text to let stakeholders know they're out of bounds or they're getting to a point where they're going to be out of bounds and they can take corrective action.
0: And, and Tina, from your perspective on, on the client side, how is that real-time monitoring and real-time data uh, making a difference in, in maybe allowing them to achieve more of their goals and, and to think bigger about you know what sorts of things they can do?
2: I mean, it's actually instrumental, and I think being able to go in there and I'm proud to be with Polygon because we are, you know, consultants, and we have that conversation uh, with them—a discovery conversation—to find out what their pain points are. And a lot of the areas they talk about is, you know, they want to install monitors to consistently evaluate room air pressure. You know, if the building is designed for a clean room to have a positive air pressure, they talk about measuring the corrosion rates in both indoor and outdoor air. Um, as well as airflow at both the supply, the exhaust, and in each computer room or co-location uh, room and air conditioning unit. So there are several several areas um, besides the temp and humidity control. And you know they want to utilize air filters appropriate to measure contaminants like the dust particulates, you know, the scrubbers, and what's required. I I
1: just add to that, Tina, that I think as part of the process with meeting with these clients, you actually have these aha moments where they're talking, they're talking about a problem and you say, well, we can do this. And there's that aha, like, really? Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. Uh, So it's been really uh, fun to interact with these clients and help bring solutions to them. Kind of a, you know, real time pace.
0: That's a, that's a really good point, David. And, and, uh, I think that it's it's been interesting to watch that that cycle of of innovation and innovation meeting the demand that people have and um, for particular products. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about smart con- about the smart controller and what that enables uh, for consumers and for end users uh, and how that helps um, with efficiency as well.
1: The smart controller has been a really fun product to bring to market because historically, when we're working on a construction site, the the systems that are put in place are basically set on the set on the ground, they're turned on, the thermostats turned all the way or all the way down, depending on whether they're heating or cooling, and it's just left to run. Uh, and we can actually model a building for these clients and demonstrate how much energy they need at a peak and how much energy they need just to keep everything in balance. And the smart controller gives us the ability to control that same equipment. So where a client was walking in and someone had turned the thermostat up to 80 because they wanted the building warm, that's not necessarily what the project needed, that's what someone wanted. And the smart controller gives us the ability to set those precise conditions for that client and maintain them, both to keep the you know the specifications and the spec uh, satisfied, but also to minimize the amount of energy uh, that's being consumed to produce that, that product.
0: And, and Tina, from your perspective, how does smart controller change the game for clients um, in in your area of expertise?
2: I would say the very first uh, testimonial that we had was from a superintendent on the smart controller, and that was actually the reason before we ac- were able to present um, our whole, you know, solution and all of our technology to them. It was a smart controller. So the fact that he had that opportunity, you know, especially superintendent on a project, that's you know working 15hour days, if equipment was to be shut down or there is an issue with it, for him to have some kind of insight or immediate notification or re- close to real-time notification so he could be proactive if something was shut down and they have skids or equipment in there and it starts to condensate. Um, because the equipment's not running appropriately, then we're looking at a significant loss. So I would have to say that that smart controller is instrumental in several areas, um, including on the sustainability side. That Dave, if you want to jump in and talk a little bit about that, because um, we've been working with a lot of sustainability managers.
1: Yeah, they these folks would like to know which equipment's running, how much energy it's using. I think Tina brought a great point up that we have clients that have their own equipment, and we can actually take the smart controller and attach it to their gear or to another manufacturer's or supplier's gear, and we can monitor that equipment and know whether or not it's running. And there obviously is a lot of people in terms of uh, a construction site that are around doing things, and you know, human inter- intervention can be uh, a real, a real problem on these sites where they make adjustments that can take an area out of bounds.
0: That's a, that's an excellent point, you know, and throughout this conversation, you've both shared examples of various projects, but I'm wondering if you can maybe go in depth, maybe not into the nitty gritty or leaving out company names and that sort of thing, but but share with us some of the big projects that you've done uh, in data center type settings uh, that really illustrate Polygon's expertise in this area. David, do you have any examples you can share with us?
1: We, we've been uh, asked to participate on a number of different projects with a number of different clients. And I guess one of the biggest rewards that I see for Polygon is the the fact that these end clients are writing our systems into their uh, specifications. So they're not just saying they want climate control. They're not just saying they want indoor air quality monitoring. They're actually specifically saying, we want Polygon and we want the exact air. And a lot of that has been through this kind of consultative process that Tina mentioned and some of that discovery that we get to do together with them. So we're actually bringing um, concepts to uh, the design of these data centers that are being incorporated because of the telemetry that we have, whether it's the smart controller or the fact that we can use a battery operated sensor that's monitoring indoor air quality and uh, particulate matter or that we can measure formaldehyde and, and ozone so all of these things that were traditional barriers for these clients are now uh, something that they can they can monitor in real time that they can cost effectively uh, measure and then uh, at the same time as, as their green initiatives are, are picking up more steam uh, we're really giving them the ability to demonstrate how uh, their building is uh, improving in terms of energy use or air quality and uh, that translates into, obviously, a, a greener solution.
0: And, and Tina, from your perspective, are, are, are there examples that you can share of, uh, of projects with clients that you feel um, really exemplify Polygon's expertise in this area?
2: Uh, I would have to piggyback on what David said. I think we now have, um, we referred to recently as a client wanting our white glove turnkey solution. And I say, you know, the clients are identifying and starting to recognize that we are a comprehensive turnkey solution. Um, we will go in there and engineer not only the technology, but the equipment, um, you know, in conjunction with the technology. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's really evolved and it's very significant. It's, a, it's an emerging market that's in high demand with several, several data centers working simultaneously um, all over the country. It's an exciting time.
0: It, it really is. And, and, David, it doesn't look like data centers are showing any sign of uh, slowing down anytime soon, right? This is only continuing to, to ramp up and up and up and up.
1: Yeah. I, uh, obviously, we, we hear about, uh, you know, the, the cloud and uh, meta in the metaverse. And, uh, you know, unfortunately that, um, that jump or that evolution here is, is a demand on the hardware side of it, which is data centers. So there, there's definitely companies out there that are answering the bell, which uh, is driven by this, this consumption of bandwidth and technology. So it's, it seems to be a, a growing market.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, before we wrap up this episode here today, I want to give each of you the opportunity just to give us any final thoughts, anything you want listeners to walk away with from this episode today. So Tina, I'm going to kick it to you first. Just any final thoughts that you would like the listeners to know about Polygon and their expertise uh, when it comes to to indoor air quality and data centers here before we wrap up this episode?
2: Absolutely. So coming from the consultative side and the sales side, I always approach the clients and work with sustainability managers and teams. And we talk about some of the requirements and the possible insurance risk on a project. Um, Accidents at damaged facilities, a potential for workplace injuries, business risk for downtime that might impact customers or business continuity. Um, And on the risk management side, in framing the risks quickly, um, insurance Insurers are very concerned with not only first-party losses, but third-party liability. So, on a project like this with the third-party, know, um, you're looking at service interruptions, damage to property or premise liability. On a first-party, we're looking at the equipment breakdown. You know, something that might shut down, they're not notified, like we were talking about the smart controller. Property damage, what does that look like during a project? Extra expense uh, on a project loss—we've seen that happen, in hundreds of thousands of dollars, because the you know proper technology or risk mitigation plan was not implemented. So when I talk to risk you know managers or sustainability managers, I have a conversation and have them start thinking: you know, are we looking in the right place to assess and mitigate data center risk? And I ask them, are we you know, adequately protected from claims or losses due to data center or data center construction downtime? And that's when you start seeing their their eyes start getting a little bit bigger. And it's like an aha moment because they're starting to think about all this. You know, how can we improve data center risk management? You know, what are we doing on your project? Meaning us collectively, you know, in a collaboration. Or how do we know efforts are focused on those operating factors? That have the most impact on risk and availability so you see it depends on what level you're having this conversation if it's you know a superintendent his priorities just as important maybe a little bit different than a sustainability manager or the venture capitalists or equity partners so it's it's what Polygon does, we come in there on both levels and actually have a conversation at the project level, and then we go to the senior level and sustainability teams, and we come to you know a solution that supports the entire project and provides the data and any necessary documentation to the insurance carriers, adjusters, and you know, the end user.
0: I think that's really, really well put Tina, uh, David, any final thoughts, uh, on on your end, that you want people to walk away with and understand, uh, following this episode.
1: I didn't, um, say it earlier, but one of the uh, things that I enjoyed hearing when I was at a client site, not long ago from a superintendent is Tina mentioned the white glove service, but we've, we've had a superintendent say that we are the single point of truth for them. So we have integrity. Uh, we're delivering the, the products and the technology, but we're tying that all to, together into uh, a very tight uh, package, if you will. And uh, it really, you know, it's, in some ways, it, it, it shows, shows your warts. You know, you, if you have performance problems on the site, they're going to get raised and you need to address them. But we are absolutely earning the trust of our clients every day, by our ability to respond to those changes, whether it's a climate change that's creating stress on the project, or it's you know a, a human intervention that's caused uh, something that needs to be responded to and uh, the technology is really there today for us to deliver that type of service.
0: Excellent. Excellent stuff uh, from both of you. Thank you both so much for joining us here on the podcast today, David Simpkins and Tina York. Thank you both uh, for joining us and talking a little bit more about indoor air quality in data centers and uh, the technology uh, that is out there to, um, uh, to, to make um, these things a reality. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Enjoyed it.
2: Thank you for the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you uh, once again to our fantastic guests. And thank you, uh, audience, for joining us for this episode of Ideal Conditions, a podcast brought to you by Polygon. Of course, for more, subscribe to Ideal Conditions on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days. Make sure to go and stay up to date with the latest episodes there by subscribing to the show and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But for this episode, for my guests, David and Tina, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.